Welcome back to the Health on 10 podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kreenitz, once again. Well, I guess this is my co-host now. I don't <laughs> Angie Stastny is joining me. We had such a great time a couple weeks ago talking about the gut microbiome. I wanted to have her back on. She's a wealth of knowledge, registered dietitian, if you didn't hear the last episode. And today, we decided we wanted to talk about collagen but in more depth, what collagen is made of, an amino acid, one of the amino acids, glycine. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But in the last 10 to 15 years, you know, we always see a lot of trends in the nutrition, fitness industry. And this has got to be one of the biggest ones I've seen and probably you've seen in the last 5, 10 years or so, collagen being used in, in every aspect, yeah? Yes, definitely. So I wanted to take, take a look and see how valuable is it and is it really making that much of a difference? And I guess I should ask, do you subscribe or do you prescribe co uh, clients collagen? Do you tell them they should start taking collagen? Definitely digestive, you know, if you have digestive issues. Uh, you know, that can be, I, I like the bone broth, which has collagen in it. That's my favorite. You have more, more amino acids that are healing to the gut lining. So that, that's one area. And then I just think for really honestly, for anyone who's an athlete or that has any kind of, um, issues with inflammation in the soft tissue, uh, that, that's also an area where, you know, just to support yourself going forward. Well, and that kind of, that kind of goes off into our next thing that why we would be taking the, the collagen is for the, the glycine, right? Right. Yeah. Um, well, we'll get into that here shortly, but so in 2020, America spent 293, well, there was 293 million into the, in the collagen supplement industry and they're expecting 6.5 billion in 2025. So we're going to see a huge increase. And I, I, I don't see it so much where you were saying in for athletes, actually quite the opposite. I see it more in beauty. So I don't see a lot of athletes here, even athletes I work with worried about that taking collagen or even people with leaky gut, which is interesting because those are probably the people that need it the most. It's more so for beauty. And that just goes to show you like beauty is what's going to sell. People don't want to buy something for leaky gut or some athletics, but it's that, oh, it's going to help my skin, which we don't have a ton of real good evidence supporting that it does help the skin. Uh, it is the most abundant protein in the body. It's 75% of your dry weight of the skin. So there's some good anecdotal evidence showing that it could, it, it could help the skin and it's generally pretty safe. So I would think, you know, we might as well take it. Um, as far as like a complete protein, why would it not be a good idea to to um, to take a collagen supplement instead of a regular protein supplement, whether it's a whey protein or animal protein? So, um, and we were diving into this a little about methionine and having a proper ratio between methionine and glycine. Uh, so that you can utilize it properly in the body. So like you were saying, glycine is a conditional amino acid. So we can make it, but if we're under stress and our demands are higher, 
then we're going to need more of it. And so we need to take that in through the diet. And I think that's where the collagen powder can really help. But for our, our crowd that's lifting weights or really physically active, the recommendation is that for every 100 grams of protein, you want to have 10 grams of the collagen. That'll give you the glycine so that you can utilize the other amino acids. Okay, so let's talk about this powerful amino acid, like you said, that our body can make, but we need to get more of in our diet. Talk about its importance. Yeah, so it's really important in the production of glutathione, which that's our master antioxidant, right? If we don't have proper balance with the way that we repair, and, you know, we don't have those nutrients that, you know, glutathione helps us produce, then we can't really build muscle. And so I think it's important in the realm of like our health and for all of us that are working out to understand that reducing reactivity in our body and allowing it to repair is going to be the way that we support muscle growth. And so, you know, glycine, you know, if it's helping reduce oxidative stress and it's a key component it for creatine, which is really what helps us build muscle strength, uh, you know, then that's an important, important thing that's way outside of just when we think of the idea of like, just eat more protein, but just really being intentional and making sure that you do get in some of these other sources other than just animal sources. But also, as you were saying, we were, as you were saying earlier, uh, the average bodybuilder, if we're going to talk about muscle growth and mu building muscle, a lot of people, a lot of people talk about eating a lot of chicken breast and lean source of protein because they don't want to put on body fat. So what are they missing out on by just eating chicken breast and even just a lean beef or lean pork? Talk about what they're missing out on and how they may not be getting as much glycine. Yeah, so you're definitely not, right? Because it comes from the skin, it comes from the cartilage, the bones, and all of that stuff that we kind of dump out. We all throw, the things that we, we were told away, not to eat. That we were told not to eat. Um, all the stuff that tastes good. I yeah. like the skin at least. I like the skin as long as it's crispy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'll even take it and blenderize it into my bone broth. Mm, okay. Just because sometimes I don't feel like eating it. But mm -hmm. that way it's just, it gets all mixed in with it. And yeah. it tastes delicious, right? Like it actually tastes pretty good. But mm -hmm. if you're well, used to throwing it away, it's kind of hard to go back. Yeah. And, you know, even for me, it's hard for me to, to go and eat it because it's been drilled into our brains for so long. Yeah. It was, what is it? They were saying, oh, it increases, raises cholesterol levels. But now we're finding that even the parts that you know, you were told not to eat are just so good for you, just like egg yolks, you know? Yeah. And you think mammals are so similar to our body structure. So why would we not need the things that they provide? You know, we need all those different things that right. they provide. So I was actually, interestingly enough, I was at an Asian market last night. And one of the things that I got that they'd had was chicken skins on a skewer. A lot of those Asian countries, and uh, they eat a lot of pig's feet, uh, ch chicken skin. They eat almost they, the whole animal. Yeah. And I'm sure, and I didn't look into this. 
I don't, I don't know if you did, but I'm sure they're not having as much of an issue uh, with a deficiency in this amino acid as we are yeah. because they're eating all these um, high collagenous things. Yeah, and when you look at different diseases, there's an association between us reducing our intake of, of organ meats, the skin, you know, the brain, and even, you know, the tongue, you know, all these different things yeah. that other cultures, and suddenly it became really unpopular. But like you said, you know, we need all of that. And especially with um, cognitive disorders, when you look at like autism and things like that, or Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, a lot of that neurodegenerative type thing is associated with these changes in our diet. Is there, is there any correlation with glycine and our cognitive function? Yes. You want to so talk about that? So it's an inhibitory neurotransmitter. Yeah. And I thought that was so awesome to really look into that a little bit more. And so in a world where we're so stimulated, you know, this can help offset that. So, you know, for some people, I work on sleep, and that's a big issue, right, is getting adequate sleep. Three grams of glycine at bedtime can help improve your sleep. So you say inhibitory neurotransmitters. Uh, do you want to explain that to the people out there that don't really know what that means between excitatory and inhibitory neurotransmitters and why that's important? Yeah, so obviously... There's, we want to, that's the brake pedal. So inhibitory yeah. is the brake pedal. Mm -hmm. And uh, for actually some like ADHD, they actually don't have enough excitatory. Even though they are very active and overactive, it's interesting to note that they actually are low on excitatory neurotransmitters. So... Um, that's why they give them Dopamine. a stimulant. They give them a stimulant. Yeah. Adderall is a stimulant. Okay. You know, caffeine is a stimulant. So um, it's, you know, it's just funny. But yeah, so it's something that you can use. And it also has benefits for regulating blood sugar metabolism. So you can take it before each meal if you have issues Let's say you're just like a little bit pre-diabetic or something like that and mm -hmm. you want to, or even for weight loss, Yeah, that might be an area where, you know, you using glycine, or I would just say, grab yourself a cup of, one cup of bone broth with each meal. And that could be a really good thing to do. You keep talking about this bone broth. I've never made it before. I've had it. It seems like, not that I wouldn't do it because I would, but it seems like a lot of work, is it? And what do you put? What are you putting in your bone broth? Well, I know people put chicken feet in there, and I know you're supposed to. I've never done that. That kind of scared me a little. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not eating it, though. You know? I know. Um, but yeah, I just take like a whole chicken, and you know, you use uh, a little bit of vinegar, and all your different spices, whatever mm -hmm. you want to put in there. And you, you do, you want to really simmer it for like 24 hours. Are you taking any of the stuff off the top? Are you like s sifting it? Or are you just, you're just basically simmering it and that's it. Your yep. bone broth is And then ready. what I do is I usually just, the vegetables that I threw in there, then I just blenderize it. Like take, yeah. take the chicken out. You could take the skin off, throw it back in there and then blenderize it. And so you get some of those micronutrients as well. So then you're, everything's just liquid and you can just take yeah. it with you and drink it. 
and you don't have to worry about, you know, it just makes it easier. I think. Do you notice like a jelly setup on the bottom? That's when you know, like you yeah, got some good will, collagen. Yep, you will see the gelatin just on yeah. the top. Mm-hmm. And you know you'll have to mix it back in. That's like when you when know it, you got it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's really delicious. Mm-hmm. It really is. So you use the actual meat too, or do yeah. you just take the do you take the meat off of the bones, cook the meat, or you just put I everything? Le- in there? I leave the whole chicken together. Okay. And then and then I'll can use that that meat for something else. Yeah. And as far as if you wanted to supplement, uh, you know, we we briefly talked about collagen. The thing that I have a problem with collagen powders is that I was doing some research and I found that, so they did, uh, they did 14 studies with, well not, sorry, one study with 14 different collagen powders. And they found that the collagen that comes from collagen is obviously made from grinding up pig parts, uh, cattle parts, you know, the hooves, the cartilage, that's how they're making the powder, right? And that becomes a sponge to a lot of to, to a lot of different toxic heavy metals. So what they found uh, after examining fourteen different collagen powders and is it it did have the collagen that it says it has, which that's great because a lot of supplement companies lie about what's actually in their supplements. Yeah. But they also found high levels of a heavy metal in there, which obviously we know this can be very toxic to the body, leading to a lot of different things of cancer, chronic disease. So that is my only problem with the actual supplement. I think a bone broth is the way to go as far as trying to get your collagen there or eating those things like the skin, the pig, uh, the pig's feet. I, I don't mind the skin. So then if you, then people are going to ask, what about pork rinds? They're really high in glycine. Yes, they are very high in glycine. So that that's a good one. Do you like pork rinds? I actually like use it for breading. I'll grind them up instead of, you know, uh, breadcrumbs. Yeah. Yeah. But it's super rich. And like when I do that, it's really filling. Mm-hmm. And there's a brand out there. Damn, I'm bad at remembering these names for brands. But they actually make a baked chicharron. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you seen that before? Where it's I, much yes. lower in fat. Is it taste as good? I mean, I think it's pretty good. They put like lime and salt and chili pepper on there. I think it's, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. But that's going to be a little less rich, and then you're getting tons of glycine through there. All right, Angie, is there anybody in particular that needs to really worry, or not even worry, but just monitor and make sure they're getting enough glycine in their diet? What are the upper levels that they need, and who should make sure they're getting those levels? So anyone with like an autoimmune condition or even especially pregnancy – your requirements like quadruple. So it's really important in pregnancy and lends into the brain development of, of the baby. So um, there's so much you can do that people, it's like underestimated with nutrition, especially during pregnancy, where you could actually try to minimize some of the complications. Or optimize. And uh, optimize the baby's health and protect your health um, you know, with simple things, with a little intention and understanding. So, uh, but anyone with an autoimmune, you're automatically going to be needing more glutathione anyway, right? Um, or if you have a family history of heart conditions or diabetes, uh, cancer, you you know you want to you want to support your body. But also, I think anyone with specific athletic goals, 
I know if you're younger, you know, you might do a good job, but what if you're older and you're trying to build that muscle mass, which is so important, right? So glycine is one of the building blocks of creatine. Yeah. And I've talked about some of my podcasts many times, but creatine is basically, it's going to increase performance. It's going to increase muscle volume and it is single-handedly probably the best natural thing you can do for increasing muscle growth. Not only that, but increasing cognitive function. Mm -hmm. We're finding a lot. But what if instead of worrying so much about your glycine intake, you're increasing your creatine intake? Do you need to do both or is just taking up creatine finding itself? So glycine is used at, to, to support the gut lining, right? It's used to, to protect the liver against damage from um, environmental chemicals and things. Mm -hmm. um, and it actually, on the mitochondrial level, it, it, it's kind of like the sacrificial lamb. So if the mitochondria are your little powerhouse cells, and obviously those are most abundant in your muscle. Yeah. If they don't, they are very sensitive to like um, damaging chemicals. It'll step right in and grab those chemicals and excrete them out of your body. It kind of sacrifices itself. Yeah. So even younger people, if you're really, you know, eating a lot of garbage food, you know, younger people are really being affected too. Well, younger people's diets, the Western diet is just so Yeah, so poor if they're nowadays. drinking a lot of these sugary drinks and, you know, they, they could actually even, but especially in those vulnerable populations, as you get older um, and, you know, if anyone who's, who's really maybe, you were talking about um, people that drink too much, maybe they binge drink, um, they're going to need more. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people did that during COVID. They'll admit it. They're like, I was hitting the bottle more than I, you know, more than I ever would in the beginning. Yeah, and it was a good so, excuse for it. Yeah. You know? So so people have gone through a lot of stress. Yeah. Well, especially with the drinking, uh, the increased, how it helps production of glutathione, which is the most important antioxidant for the liver and the body in general. Yeah. That's going to be super important. So you talked about pregnancy there for a second. And then... I wanted to talk about vegan and how, it, how the vegan diet, how you get enough glycine. And I just had a, my sister-in-law just had uh, a child. She's vegetarian. So I, I was curious, like, she obviously, she obviously already had the child, so that's over. But somebody who is vegetarian and pregnant, how would you increase your glycine intake? Do you need to supplement there? Is that something that's going to be absolutely essential? I don't know if that's really been studied. I know that glycine is super safe. So, you know, without really saying with a scientific backing, but I think it would be safe um, for pregnant women. But, you know, I can't recommend that for sure, obviously. Um, but I think that for for the vegan, you're going to, they're eating legumes. They need to really have a pure diet. You yeah. know what I mean? But the other thing is they're not consuming as much methionine because mm -hmm. they don't eat the animal protein. So you're not getting that as much so of an imbalance there. the balance, you know what I mean? Their yeah. demands could really be different, honestly. So you, they could they could be fine with 10 grams of So maybe, it, maybe it's, it all balances out because the plant sources. So like um, 
nuts and seeds have like four times as much glycine as methionine. Okay. You know, and then the legumes, it's like, you know, twice as much. Yeah. So nature kind of balances that out in a way. To wrap things up here in today's podcast about glycine, collagen, we both think it's super important to eat a diverse diet. And we always thought that. But a lot of people that are super into health or are trying to diet hard, they end up eating a really restricted diet. I see this all the time. Chicken, rice, broccoli. For a year on it, like just that's what they eat. And they get into a routine. They get into a structure. And I'm very proud that they're able to do that and have that willpower. But you're missing out on so many things. And here's just another piece that we find out they're missing out on. Not only micronutrients from different vegetables, but now if you're just eating lean meats, you're missing out on this powerful amino acid. And can you get it in supplement form? Yes, but it's always going to be better to get it through a bone broth, to get it through natural sources. Like Angie said, you can get it through legumes and nuts if you are vegan. Anything to touch on from there? Um, I would just say you want to look for a high-quality bone broth if you're going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're expensive. Any so suggestions? I, I know there's like kettle and fire. Kettle and fire, but I just looked at that yesterday, and I think it was like $10. And I, that's just not doable for most and people. And it's a box too, right? Yeah. It's like a little box. And how much would you need of that for well, an efficacious dose? of Eight ounces is like 10 grams of protein. So then you'll have three grams of glycine in there. Right. So and that's not, you know, if we're talking upper limits of some people needing 60, yeah. that's, how, that's, that's way too expensive. Yeah. So that would be really hard. So um, actually Costco, their Kirkland brand is pretty good. Yeah. It's organic and it's really tasty and it's super affordable. See, when I look for a bone breath, though, I'm looking for that gelatinous that jello-y yeah and i don't find that in a lot of places the kirkland brand when you pour it out it literally is like cluck, cluck. oh it's good. really thick that's yeah and that's what you're looking for right and you know sometimes that can be a turnoff but when you heat it up obviously it's it's very smooth mm-hmm. you know it's it's got a good yeah that goes feel away. to it when it's heated up and i know trader joe's has a really good one too that's in their refrigerated section. Yeah, Trader Joe's Again, is great. you can see all the, you know, when you see all the uh, fat on the top, yeah. that's when you know you've got a good one. Yes, absolutely. What about, what about Jello? What do you think about Jello in general? Just like. Yeah, I think well, obviously Jello the way yeah. we know it, it's like got food dyes in it and yeah. all that. But gelatin. Yeah, is making really your good. own gelatin. You can make your own gelatin. You yep. ever made gelatin before? I, I have saw not made that. a really good recipe where he's adding uh, apple or yeah, apple cider vinegar, some sea salt. It's almost like an electrolyte formula gelatin, which right. was really cool. Right. Maybe something I'll do in the future for a recipe. But as far as that goes, really cool podcast, I think, because most people aren't aware of this. And unless you're really diving deep into amino acids you probably wouldn't be aware of it so it even you know i was able to learn more and before you throw away your chicken skins eat them eat them (laughs) fry them up make them crispy bake them what i'll actually do for my clients uh is because i make boneless skinless chicken thighs but now what i'll do 
is I'll actually do the bone in skin on. And so I bake them and I don't give them the chicken skins cause I just, <laughs> I just have it. Maybe I should now, but I'll eat them. So there, I get this nice, beautiful, crispy chicken skin. Oh, yeah. Tastes pretty good seasoned up. Or you can do what Angie does, make a bone broth and then blend up that skin in there, but try to get more glycine in. And yeah, I think that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much. Awesome. This was fun. Yeah. We're going to do another one next week. We'll see what we got. We always got something in store. We're always thinking oh, some yeah. new stuff. I've got a million ideas. Yeah, <laughs> always. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for coming on again, Angie. Okay. Thank you.